Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, February 15th, 2021. Today we're reading from the big book. We're in chapter three, page 37, the second paragraph. You may think this an extreme case, and we're reading just that one paragraph. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 steps, Mary G. For the 12 traditions, Joni C. And reading the text are Nancy P., Kathy S., and Ken W. H. The reference number for Sunday, February 14th, 2021 special edition is 16,403. That's 16403. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Mary G. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Mary G., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Minnesota. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service. I pass. Thank you, Mary G. Okay, I will now ask Joni C. to read the 12 traditions. This is Joni C. from Madison, Minnesota. Uh, the 12 traditions of OA. One, 
Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joni C. Two Minnesotans reading our 12 steps and 12 traditions. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book and we're on page 37, the second paragraph. You may think an extreme case and we're reading just that one paragraph. And I will ask Nancy P. to begin reading. Hi, good morning. This is Nancy P. Recovered in Westminster, Massachusetts. You may think this is an extreme case. To us, it is not far-fetched, for this kind of thinking has been characteristic of every single one of us. We have sometimes reflected more than Jim did upon the consequences, but there was always the curious mental phenomenon that parallel with our sound reasoning, there inevitably ran some insanely trivial excuse for taking the first drink. Our sound reasoning failed to hold us in check. The insane idea won out. Next day, we would ask ourselves in all earnestness and sincerity how it could have happened. 
Okay, let me just set my timer here. Come on. There we go. Okay, so uh, I, the word always. I mean, this this chapter is filled with words like that. You know, ever, inevitably, never, never, every, always, no such thing as every form of. And here these begin always. And you know, for me, before I recovered, I couldn't get away from thinking that I was always going to be in the food, always. And of course, I don't, I I was always there. I mean, I was never in relapse because I never got recovered. But sure enough, I'd always be eventually into the food. And, you know, but to call it an excuse is inaccurate. An excuse is a stopping point, a reason that something happens or happened, right? The implication being that once the excuse has run its course, I would stop acting out and straighten out and fly right. And that never, ever, ever happened to me. Again, never, ever, no such thing as, never, ever. I always thought I'd be eating. And if I wasn't currently in the food, I was waiting to eat. I, I never was in a state where I could relax. Because if I was eating, I was, you know, insane and so sad and upset and crying. And, and if I wasn't, it was like I was waiting for the axe to fall. Um, if I wasn't eating to hurt myself, I knew I would be. And it just was on, it went on and on forever. It was like I, um, not so much parallel, it was more like I was on a multi-lane highway and kept switching lanes without using my blinker. And then after I recovered, my life got millions of times better but the parallel part you know parallel meaning to run alongside the same distance away without ever touching um my life got more painful um certainly because of the human emotions that others have talked about but um in real life my daughter got much worse with um cutting and burning herself and um you know, we were going into treatment centers late at night and rushing to the emergency room, and I felt like all I did was cry and for days and weeks and months, you know. And, um, you know, the recovery, the, the, the parallel part changed from just always, you know, with this insane idea and my normal thinking to I was in unimaginable pain because of my daughter. And yet at the same time, unimaginable joy because I wasn't eating compulsively. I knew that that was, if there could be a silver lining, that was it. I couldn't even imagine what I would have done had I continued to eat because I already had eaten my way up to over 200 pounds at five, one and a half. It was um, to say that I was an unlovely creature inside and out was a massive understatement. But at the same time, you know, as all that pain I was so relieved that I didn't have to worry about the compulsive overeating anymore. And um, I will say, I'll close with this and say, I was on the phone with other compulsive overeaters, I'll wrap up with this, um, that if I wasn't working, sleeping, or taking care of my family, I was talking to other people. It cannot be overstated the importance for me in that horrible summer of 2018 how much every single of the zillions of phone calls I made, every single one of them helped me and kept me sane. And, um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P., for getting us started on page 37, the second paragraph, you may think an extreme case. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. And um, so if you haven't shared in the last few days, please give me your name and the first initial of your last name. 
Katie Lisa B. B from Boston. Katie G. Johan. Johan M. Johan M. K. I'm sorry, who was that, K? Karen K. Karen K. Okay. Lisa B. I got you, Lisa. Oh, thank you. Sandy W. Sandy W. Ginger C. Ginger C. Gina C. From Boston area. Okay, let's go with that group. I have Katie G, Lisa B, Johan M, Karen K, Sandy W, Ginger C, and Gina C. Go ahead, please, Katie. Good morning, <clears throat> Katie F. This is Katie G. Thanks for taking the meeting. Recovered compulsive eater <clears throat> in Boston. You know, for me, this again uh, really tells me the truth. I was I was talking to a, a fellow this morning and. She said um, something about how she'd gone back to the food and, and she shared that it was the emotions that made her eat. And I said, that's just, and she said, you know what I mean? And I said, no, that's not my experience. And, uh, you know, this is life and death for me, folks. This isn't um, emotions. And, and I love that it talks about some insanely trivial excuse for taking the first bite. Like, I remember the boyfriend broke up with me and um you know i was like well that's a good reason to eat but the thing is that um as our previous share said if there's anything in this world that can make you eat everything can make you eat because we are sitting in the presence of oa giants today we are sitting in the presence of recovered fellows who've walked through cancer who've walked through miscarriages who've walked through suicides of their children who've walked through cancer diagnosis um, neurological issues for their children who walked through everything but there was no emotion that could make them eat and um you know, for me, I had to give up the option that food was ever going to be an option. It can never be an option because you know what? Life is going to life all over me, and that's just the truth. And uh, a recovered um, AA guy, he's been talking all about how, like, negative we get as, as, as addicts. And he's like, you know, we say, oh, I've had just such a bad day or such a bad year or such a bad, you know, I got holiday cards that were like, what a bad year. And uh, I'm addicted to negative thinking, folks. Let me tell you. But here's the thing. If I wake up in the morning, and I do, I'm not, I am not perfect, believe it or not. And those of you who really love me know that. You know, like, I wake up and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I had to feel feelings and think thoughts in my body yesterday, and it wasn't comfortable, and then I got a burn. And then my first daughter was screaming at me while my second daughter was screaming at me. And I thought, whoa thank you god every moment is a thank you god moment like no i, I could sit there and self-pity but do you know what's going to happen if i start thinking how bad my life is well then that's what's going to happen right and i'm not saying i can control my thinking but i can pause and i can say thank you god thank you god that i have a husband that went out and bought you know bandages for my hand thank you god for every single baby that i lost that got me to the two children that i have today thank you god that i get a seat at this beautiful meeting of overeaters anonymous and i don't have to be driven by any reason nothing in this world can make me eat otherwise everything in this world can and i am sorry for your pain but i want you to know we all have it and we can do this life without it without the food, and as recovered men and women. And with that, I pass.
Thank you, Katie G. Okay, Lisa B, you're up, followed by Johan M. Good morning. This is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and I do spell my name L-E-S-A. Um, I just really felt led to share this morning. I knew we were going to be reading this, and I heard the term hijacked from a fellow that I've been talking with. I've been having the privilege to speak with her regularly lately, and she's used that word hijacked a few times, and it really describes this. You know, our sound reasoning failed to hold us in check, and I get hijacked. I don't know when that's going to happen. And I remember waking up in the morning and the idea of baking two dozen chocolate chip cookies would come into my mind. And I would just be like, no, no, I don't want to do that. I was so powerless of that thought. If I thought it, I had to do it. It, I just couldn't not do it. And, you know, I wanted to live my life, even though I, I love God, I have a God of my understanding. I came in here with some spiritual experiences and some spiritual connections, but you know, I wanted to be able to run my life. I wanted to run, I wanted to be the God of my life, you know. And I found in studying this text that I had to surrender, be in enough pain to surrender to the idea that I cannot be the God of my life. You know, I have to have a higher power that's not me running my life. And I thought I agreed to that. I thought I liked that idea. But the more I'm recovered, the more I go through the work, I continue to see how I still have so much more to surrender. You know, and my higher power is so loving and patient. But if I don't keep surrendering, I'm going to get hijacked again. You know, and I can remember asking the next day, you know, what happened? What happened? My sound reasoning failed to hold me in check. Well, guess what? I had to admit, I don't have sound reasoning. I'm insane. I could even say that it's a mental illness, you know, being a compulsive overeater. Um, So anyways, I need to be linked in, plugged in to this higher power. And I'm starting to fall in love with this higher power more and more and more. I thought I loved this higher power before, but I'm realizing I I really hadn't known what it was. And you know what? I think 10 years from now, God willing, if I'm still here abstinent and recovered, I'll be saying then, you know, 10 years ago, I thought I knew what what it was. I don't think I'm ever going to know what it was, but I need to just keep showing up and being aligned with this amazing higher power. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa, with an E. And Johan M., it's your turn, followed by Karen Kay. Hi, good morning, good day. My name is Joanne M., and I'm a uh, recovered compulsive warrior in Sweden. Thank you so much for service and for the fantastic lead share and all the shares. It's been amazing sitting here listening to you all. And a uh, great paragraph as well. Um, food has been the solution uh, for me since my earliest memories in life. Uh, it's always where I could turn when I was afraid, when I felt unloved. The, the food always loved me, and I loved the food. Uh, and then getting older and gaining more and more weight, I thought that diet was the solution, and trying on all kinds of diets, where the insane idea always won out, and just uh, going out and, uh, and then just uh, gaining more weight, and on and on and on. And even coming into OA, uh, I mean, that didn't solve my insanity. I was still insane when I came to OA. 
and learning about this uh, illness, the physical allergy, the mental twist, uh, it didn't help me as long as I don't uh, work the steps, as long as I don't put all the food down, as long as I don't commit to the OA program. So I uh, had a relapse uh, and it started exactly like in Jim's story. I tried one, that went fine. I tried another <laughs> and a third and uh, off, off to the races. By coming back from that, I could see that I can't rely on myself. I can't. Uh, I need to. I need to have this program. I need to have this higher power to to keep me abstinent because I cannot keep my abstinent. I cannot keep myself abstinent. I was out of ideas. I was at my bottom, and I was desperate for recovery. And uh, coming back, I immediately took on a sponsor, I worked through the steps quickly. I started listening into these vision meetings. And with that, I got recovery, which was amazing. I wasn't insane around the food anymore, uh, which, which uh, was and is a complete miracle. And uh, today I get to live one day at a time, uh, recovered, which is just amazing. But you know, uh, the mental twist is, 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 is there. If I, if I start to uh, take it easy on my program, if I stop meditating in the morning, if I stop making my tents, if I stop sponsoring, if I stop attending meetings, if I stop caring about others, if I stop working with others, the mental twist will be there immediately telling me that it's fine. This time you, you're, you're going to make it. You can just have one of these and it's going to be fine. So I'm, I'm really, really and eternally grateful for this program, for this vision meetings, for great sponsorship with Inouye, and that I get to, to live happy, joyous, and free one day at a time. Thank you so much. Thank you, Johan M. And uh, Karen K., you're up, followed by Sandy W. Good morning. This is Karen K., Recovered Compulsive Eater from Syracuse, New York. And my credits don't transfer. I had a big uh, awakening this week, and I realized um, I was on this one meeting last night, and I realized I had to shout to be heard. And I realized I've been doing this on this line is shouting to be heard, and that's not a recovery place that I want to be in. Um, but getting to this, which brings me to this text that says, Sat on page 37, sound reasoning, there inevitably ran some insanely trivial excuse for taking the first drink. And then I go back to page 30 towards the bottom, such an interval usually, interval dash, usually brief dash, or inevitably followed by still less control. Now, when I heard this, this morning, I go, two times we're using this word. Uh, it's not my experience in reading the big book. Usually, they try to use different words to mean the same thing. That means eventually, if I don't surrender, eventually, if I don't go to meetings, work the steps, sponsor people, just living a good life. I mean, I'm doing what I need to be doing my whole life. Uh, it's not rocket science that just because I'm recovered, doesn't mean I have arrived. I'm doing what I need to be doing in society without this addiction. And yes, it needs to be put at bay. I need to be realizing that, you know, I'm just one thought, one person, whatever, away from 
that first bite. And um, I'm looking forward to gently listening to this big book and gently responding to this because I don't want to scream anymore. It, I have surrendered. I guess I it's, it's one of my many, many, many forms of surrender. With that, I will pass. You guys have a great meeting. Thank you, Karen. Okay, Sandy W., you're up, followed by Ginger C. Oh, good morning, Katie. Thanks so much for your service. Um, this is Sandy W., gratefully recovered in Connecticut, and um, just reading the, the word insane, because insanity, you know, I took such an offense to being um, identified as insane. You know, um, I had really had no problem accepting that I was an addict and that I have a disease. You know, the big book taught me that it's physical and mental, but there was something about being termed insane that really just did not agree with me. You know, until I read this chapter of the big book, because after looking at it in the eyes of Jim and the man of 30 and the others to come, you know, truly what else more accurately describes me? Um, You know, I think back because my husband has always called me crazy and I know he means it in a loving, kind way. um, But now I know how right he's always been. the, um, The big book also teaches me, though, that that this insanity is treatable and can be corrected one day at a time if I just follow the directions of those who have been granted the daily reprieve that it promises. You know, it's not, it's not that I can solve my insanity problem, but by following the instructions in this book and working the steps to the best of my ability, I am promised to receive the spiritual experience that changes me and recovers me each one day at a time. Um, and as we've heard earlier in this book, our physical allergies to foods, foods and food ingredients and, and eating behaviors, well, that's certainly a problem, but the problem that's corrected when we abstain from our alcoholic foods. But the mental illness, those crazy thoughts that we can eat those alcoholic foods again after a certain amount of time or with our milk, uh, that they won't happen this time. Well, that insane idea, you know, in my experience, has only been stopped by a power greater than myself. Um, I choose to call him God. May I just always keep him close. Um, May I always work those steps and and enlarge my spiritual life so that, you know, really, um, I may be crazy in a lot of ways, and I know that I am. Um, I'm not one day at a time in relation to food, or at least I don't have to be if I just keep working this program and um, stay connected to God and and active and with all of you. Um, that's it, Katie. Thanks so much for your service again. Thank you so much, Sandy W. Okay, Ginger C., you're up, followed by Gina C. Hi, Katie. Thanks so much for your service this morning. This is Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. And I am loving Jim, always love Jim and this powerful story that he shows us so clearly. First, he's denying reality, neatly evading and ignoring this life and these circumstances that he's in. He's just totally in full flight from reality. And again, we never take that first bite drunk. You know, I'm stone cold sober when I eat. So clearly, again, everything centers in my mind. I know it's a twofold nature with this disease and this addiction, but it begins with this thinking machine upstairs. So I got to check in with my thinking all the time because it will clearly tell, tells me and shows me where I'm heading. 
And so what kind of thinking are we talking about, you know, um, and it's absolutely insane thinking. You know, I can't see the truth from the false in that moment. I'm blocked. I'm about to sell my soul for only six to eight seconds of this ease and comfort that I'm so desperate for. But maybe I've been resting and, lower and uh, you know, uh, not following through on my work that needs to continue. And I need that ease because I can't stand another second of me in this condition. So it just shows me, again, this importance. God is everything or God is nothing. And what's my choice to be? Because I lack power. And the only thing to prevent me from picking up today is this grace that's between me and the food, this fit spiritual condition. And it's not easy. And a price has to be paid. And this ego wants to convince me, again, to go anywhere but this direction of this practical program of action. But hopefully I've been beaten. Hopefully I've been convinced. I don't want to return to the hell for anything. That was a nightmare. I was a prisoner to food. My life sucked. I only wanted to die. And today I'm living and I'm alive. Today I have this incredible gift. I'm going down to legislation today in Colorado to hopefully pass the Vietnam Veteran Bill. What a miracle. And that's because I'm out of the food and I'm connected because God has us as agents to do God's work. And we have no idea what it's about. But if I'm in food and if I'm back to that third step issue, that ginger, way too much of me, I miss these opportunities. I'm not a part of life and I'm not packing into the stream. We've taken enough. It's time to bring back and give back to others. And when I'm not eating again and I have this God flowing through my veins, I get to do some really incredible, miraculous work. And it's just a privilege and it's an honor. And I will always be in tremendous debt and gratitude for vision for you because I don't think I would have ever put the fork down. I don't think I've ever said, would have said goodbye in the way I needed to had I not heard the clear-cut message on this line. So I love you all. I hope you have a beautiful day. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger. Okay, next up is Gina C, and then we'll open it up for more shares. Gina C, star one. Sorry about that. Um, okay, I was talking to air. Thank you. Um, I'm new to these um, Vision for You meetings, and I've been listening to the podcast when I can't get to the meetings, but I thank everyone for all of their being um, being there because I'm back to day one again and um, and just putting trying to put God in charge instead of me is is big. And when I do do something, I'm, I've been on and off for 21 years now. so so when I do put God in charge, it's it it goes, it's smooth, and it just goes. And when I don't, there's rage in there. And um, knowing that, you think you would stop, and that's why why um, you know God is God is in 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 charge. If I let Him be in charge, um, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much, Gina C. And so we are on page 37, the second paragraph. You may think an extreme case, but, um, and if you haven't shared in the last couple of days, give me your name and the first initial of your last name. Larry K. Sandy D. Larry, Sandy. Lauren okay, N. 
Lauren Ann. Okay, I don't know if it was Lynn S or Lynn F. I have Larry K, Sandy C, I believe, and Lauren N. Who else would like to share? We'll take a few more. Okay, well, let's go ahead with this group and Lynn S or F, go ahead, please, followed by Larry K. Hi, it's Lynn S, like spiritual, in okay. uh, the Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. When I was listening to this reading, it really jumped out at me that parallel with our sound reasoning, there was inevitably some insanely trivial excuse for taking that first taking that first action and that's what really hit me because thank you God I have been removed for a while now almost seven years I guess about taking that first bite but I still can get caught up with taking that first action I know every time I do this it doesn't work out every time I say this it doesn't work out Every time I react like this, it doesn't work out. But for some insanely trivial excuse, that character defect jumps up again and I take an action that yet again doesn't work or causes me and those around me so much mental turmoil, anguish, you know, disruption all this stuff. And this is why I'm in program and this is why I am so grateful to the 12 steps because if I keep taking those actions and I don't work the steps around those actions that cause me, there's an expression, I can't think of it right now, but it's like you're butting heads with everybody all the time and I have to look and what's the common denominator? It's you, Lynn. If I don't work the steps to get me to see that those actions are objectionable to me and want to put them down and then that allows God to remove them, I am going to be closer to having an insanely trivial excuse for taking that first bite. And I don't want to be back there again. I went through an eight-year relapse that was so much worse than the 36 years that brought me into OA. Not only do I want, don't want that relapse, but the emotional and mental restoration to sanity is so wonderful. It's such a lovely place to live. I don't want to be in that chaos and that insane thinking again. So I'm so grateful that I got an opportunity to hear the message this morning and just remind myself, thank you, God, for program and thank you, God, for the steps. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn S. And Larry K., you're up, followed by Sandy C. Good morning. Good morning, Katie. Thanks so much. Larry K., Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. Yeah, beautiful shares. Um, Our sound reasoning failed to hold us in check. The insane idea won out. You know, I remember reading a book one time. It was called Can't Just Stop. 
I just can't stop, right? And it's, and it's these compulsions, and we all, we're human beings, and we have them, right? And the compulsions are really, you know, like a safety valve that allows us to kind of diffuse the stress, you know, that generated by the anxieties that we experience. And we're, if, you're, if you're a human being, which I'm presuming you are, you're online, on, on the line here, uh, you have uh, compulsions to, you know, that safety valve. You look for things to reduce the stress in your life. And some of those things are healthy, and some of those things are very, very unhealthy. And for us, eating is unhealthy. Some people clean. Cleaning is a good thing. <laughs> I, like, I like a clean house. I just don't like to clean. Uh, but I like a clean house. I mean, it's a healthy thing, but it could be taken to a compulsion. Judgment generally is a good thing. It could be taken to a, com- uh, to a compulsive level, right? Mother Teresa served the poor day after day after day. Some might argue it was compulsive, and yet it was a beautiful, good thing. Perhaps it was God-inspired, right? So what we're, what we're reading here about Jim is he had something that was killing him. And that insanely compulsive uh, thought won out and he would pick up a drink again. And all we know today is we know, or I know, that these steps, when practiced on a daily basis, this imperfect guy from Chicago here, if I practice them on a daily basis, I'm seeking God. And when I seek God, without even knowing it some of the time, uh, something happens to me that I change and I transform. And that insanely compulsive idea doesn't win out. It's a heck of a thing if you are sober today, maybe perhaps for many years, but you're just as compulsive in other ways that is making you restless, irritable, and discontent. You know, what we're seeking ultimately through this practical program of spiritual action is peace and serenity so that we can treat each, you know, that we can treat each other kindly, right, with compassion, our common humanity. That's why we seek God each day through these steps. And that's what Jim, you know, ultimately, perhaps he did. And yes, he was given, he was given mastery over that compulsive thing that was killing him. You know, and same for you and I. But we, we're going we're gonna to need these steps because those compulsions, believe me, the compulsions come up in many forms. Don't let it kid you. It comes up for me in many forms. I need God. I need God. I need God through these steps. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Sorry for the delay. Okay, Sandy C., you're up, followed by Lauren M. Hi, good morning. This is Sandy D., as in David, and recovered in central Illinois. I just wanted to claim my seat today. I don't usually share, but hearing the line about the insane thinking, I came into vision for you. My story is a little different than most people. I didn't come in until I was in my 60s to OA through vision for you. And I got recovered, got the gift of abstinence, serenity and peace, but, you know, life on life's terms comes up, and things happen. But it's, it's like it's been, God has been doing for me what I absolutely could not do for myself. In November, I tore my meniscus in my knee. December, I had the surgery. Five days later, I tore 
up the other knee. And guess what? I didn't have to eat over that. God got me through it. And this program got me through it. Lots of meetings got me through it. And, you know, that's all I want to say is that I want to share this hope for other people. If he can do this for me, this is a spiritual journey. Uh, Studying the big book has absolutely changed my life, even though I did other 12-step programs before. This intense study has made such a difference for me. And if I can haul my way through this and get back through the physical therapy and everything else, I'm just so very grateful to be part of the membership. I just had to claim my seat today, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Sandy. No, I can't even read my writing. I know I had it wrong to begin with, so thank you. Uh, Lauren Ann, you're up, and then we'll have time for a few more. Good morning, Katie. Thank you very much for hearing my voice. Thank you, God, for my saying it. Um, I am so grateful to be here every single day. Lauren Ann from New York, compulsive overeater, sugar addict, um, down 150 pounds, two bariatric surgeries, and I thought I could handle it. But you know what? If it wasn't for this room, I would have gained all my weight back twofold plus some, because that's the way I work. Thank you for this program, which has kept me sane and not suffering every single day. I am so grateful for everything that I've learned on this, in this room, as well as for this little blue book that just tells it the way it should be. If I live in these in this program and do my um, step work daily, daily, I have a reprieve from this terrible disease, which took over 55 years of my life, trying to struggle, trying to gain, gain and lose, lose and gain, gain and lose, lose and gain. How amazing that today I have the same size clothes in my closet. I never had one size clothes in my closet, two size now, not 20 sizes, which I used to have. Size 32 to uh, 16 were my sizes. Now I'm anywhere between a 10 and an 8. Mm. How incredible I mm. things are. And did you know they made underwear in a size 5? I can't believe it. But thank you, God, I am now wearing a size 5 underwear. Thank you for everything, and I'm so grateful to be on this line. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Lauren. and. Um you've just joined us in the last little bit, we're on page 37, the second paragraph. And although we value your experience, we ask if you haven't to hold back if you've, heard, if you've shared in the last three days. So we have time um, for three or four more. Carmel, I'm sorry, I didn't hear either any of those names. 
Trisha Carmella D. Trisha D. Carmella G. Anybody else? Catherine. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Catherine K. Catherine K. I'd like to share, okay. please. Your name, please. My name is Patricia. Okay. Um, Patricia, what's the initial of your last name? S. S is in Sam. Yes. Okay, we have Trisha D, Carmela G, Catherine K, and Patricia S. And everyone else, please mute. Go ahead, please, Trisha. Hi, this is Trisha C is in cat. Is that my Sorry. Everyone else, please mute besides Trisha. Go ahead, Trisha. Thank you. Uh, thanks so much for your service. This is Trisha C from New Hampshire, recovered um, chronic non-recoverer, but but now recovered in New Hampshire. Um, you know, when I read about this insanely trivial excuse, really accepting that insanity was my problem. Insanity is my problem if I don't stay in 10 and 11 and 12 every day. It's the And the insane idea went out. Well, I realized, as I said, I said before, the problem is my mind, right? My mind is the problem. And everything that I do and think and believe and act on, everything has to pass through my mind. So that's kind of a big problem. And so when it says that the only answer to this problem is God, is we're, because we're beyond human aid, of course we're beyond human aid. Because my problem is my mind. And so my answer has to be bigger than human. My answer has to be super human. And without God, I mean, you know, I'll tell you there, I still wake up uh, and I feel like my brain wakes up in the morning, kind of disgruntled sometimes. And I have to right away reorient and focus on God and ask God for help and then go into meditation and ask God whom I can help today. Because if I'm focused on myself, my problems are going to increase. And if I'm focused on God and the people about me, who I can help, in it, who, which compulsive overeaters I can help, then my disease lessens and God gets greater in my life. And you know, the way I look at it is this life preserver, God, God was always there. These steps, they teach me how to get out of my mind enough to be able to reach for God. I had all these reasons. I'm flapping around trying to do it myself, and I'm just drowning more and more. But these steps show me that self-centeredness is the problem. I need to reduce self. A price must be paid. A price has to be paid. That's the destruction of self-centeredness. And as I decrease, God can increase in my life. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Trisha. Carmela G., you're up, followed by Catherine K. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service, and thank you for everyone on the line, all the shares, and all those listening. This is Carmela G., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from New York. The more I thought about this paragraph, 
as I listened to the shares, the more I realized how insane I truly am. In the beginning, when I first began and I put the food down, I insisted I was not dishonest. And then when I finally admitted it and went into my heart, I realized the dishonesty, the greatest dishonesty was to myself. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I can, I can, I can. And I realized that it was truly centered in my mind. The food is down. I don't have, it's a miracle. I do not have any cravings or any desire to return for the moment. And I am so grateful for that. But my obsessive, insane mind is at work constantly. And I do work the program and do, thank God, I do all the steps, live in the steps daily. And the amazing thing is, the other night as I was going to bed, a thought of someone who I care about and I see occasionally, lovely woman, came into my head. And immediately I was ticked off. Immediately the thought came, here's a lovely person, and then I got annoyed. And I'm getting ready for bed. And the reality was, she wasn't giving me the accolades that I wanted. And what was her problem? And immediately, God, I said, God, I'm doing my review. Please take this from me. Take it. I don't want it. And the miracle was I went to bed peaceful, but the next day as I was doing my normal errands, I saw her and we spoke and she said, oh, Carmilla, I've missed our talks. I said, yes, and so have I. I said, I did think of you last night. And she said, oh, how wonderful. We'll have to spend some time. And I walked along and wished her a beautiful day and realized how God is working in my life through every single step, provided I turn it all over to him. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carmela. Okay, Catherine Kay, you're up, followed by Patricia F. Uh, thank you for calling on me. This is Catherine Kay in the Washington, D.C. area. I've been listening in to the meetings for quite some time. This is the first time I've spoken. Um, I have been on the peripheral of OA and other uh, 12-step programs. So uh, I was lucky enough to benefit from a lot of things regarding the insanity and the excuses and, um, and being able to identify them more easily than I would have some time ago. Um, and it's taken me a long time to realize that my brain is broken. Um, that it's, you know, rather than berate myself, why can't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Um, it's a broken brain. And the insanity of the disease and the addiction that I have um, is that um, from an early age, because we didn't quite understand it, it must be us. It can't be somebody else. It can't be something else. It must be our brain. Um, so with that um, and the excuses that I made for it, um, it's a cover, you know, I end up lately talking to a lot of people um, that I know asking me, 
you know, you know, you 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 should eat more. You should do this. You should do that. I I did the easy things. I didn't turn it over, um, but I did the easy things. I uh, I I you know quit several addictions. I went vegan. I eat sticks and stones. Those are the easy things. I never looked internally to see how do you combat, how do you have the courage or the strength to deal with the addiction. And it's challenging um, and it's painful. Um, To look at me, I don't look like I have a weight problem at all. Um, If you had looked at me three years ago uh, when I weighed double what I weigh now, um, you would have thought, wow, this isn't good. Um, But at the end of the day, it's, it's finding... Um, the onion layers, peeling them back of the excuses for why I haven't done this or I haven't done that. My excuse for a long time was I'm vegan. I shouldn't have to do the rest of it or I've done everything. No, I didn't do any of the work really when you think about it. So I appreciate this passage. I appreciate the people that have shared. Um, And I'll I'll end now just on one note is that um, there are several podcasts that I listen to over and over and over again, sometimes two, three times uh, in a row on top of each other um, because they hit that one word that that um, opened the door to not excusing myself but also surrendering myself to what I need to do. <laughs> so thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, um, Catherine Kay and Patricia S. You're up. You'll be our, la- our last share. You have about two minutes, please. Patricia, star one. Can you hear me? Now we can. All right. Thank you. My name is Patricia, and the last name is S, like in Sam, like you said, Patricia S. And I've been listening, and thank you for your service. Thank you so much. I've been looking, and I've been searching. And um, I started coming on your meeting, like, maybe a week and a half ago, and I still got to find out what button to push and when to call what number and which meeting do I get and what your um you know what what you want us to do or what we can't say or stuff like that because I don't want to say the wrong thing and and say or look foolish or feel like um not smart enough or you know like a kid and I I I don't know whether I can say this or not but I've been listening and I've been putting it in and. You know, I I always wanted to know where did I belong? You know, where did I belong? Where did I fit in at? You know, and um, and I just decided just just do whatever you do. You know, and if people don't care or they, you don't get a response or or whatever, just do the do do what's next. And if if it helps you, then do it. You know, and um, that's a lot to be said. But I just heard someone say. That um, and I don't know if I'm supposed to repeat what someone says because I didn't hear hear that when the meeting started. Um, but I know that I did hear that sanity was a wonderful place to live, and there are moments of sanity that I get today, and I'm going to keep coming to the meetings to 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 learn as much as I can, and to if my if I need changing, which I do because I'm not perfect, I'm going to keep coming. And thank you, thank you so very much for for having the meeting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much, Patricia S., for being here, and welcome. Okay, so um, let's see. We are at the end of the meeting, and thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing.
And the share ID for today, Monday, February 15, 2021, 7 a.m. meeting is 16,407. That's 16407. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Kathy S. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thanks, Katie. This is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.